Hey everyone, my name's Philippa and I'm part of the team here at St Paul Shadwell. So many of you will know that we've been following along each week with the lectionary to guide us in terms of which readings to focus on from scripture. You know, the lectionary is the Church of England's set readings. So I've really been enjoying this gift that the lectionary has given us of this mini series thinking about David and his life as we go through the books of 1 and 2 Samuel. And so to give you a quick update in case you missed it, two weeks ago, Nikki kicked us off and we saw the people of Israel insisting on having a king and King Saul being appointed. And then last week, Louise was sharing with us that God saw the heart of David, that he had a heart after God's own heart and was anointed by God to one day become the king of Israel. Today is a story in the early parts of David's life, which if you've been hanging around in church for any length of time, or maybe even if you haven't, will probably be familiar to you. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic he put a coat of armour on him and a bronze helmet on his head. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He said to David, My dog, you come to me with sticks. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with your sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David and Goliath, a classic Sunday school tale. And when I saw this reading coming up, I knew it was one I wanted to get stuck into. You know, I love the opportunity to dig into those famous stories that many of us heard in our childhoods, to be able to see the bigger picture and to maybe see things we didn't see before. And this is an amazing story. David, the youngest son of Jesse, who's been secretly anointed to be the next king of Israel, finds himself leaving his field where he looks after the sheep 
and heading to the front lines of a battle against the Philistines to take his big brothers some lunch. And I love the interaction between David and his eldest brother, who says to him, why have you come down here? And David's response is, now what have I done? Can't I even speak? But whilst David is there with his brothers on the battle line, he sees Goliath, a huge, three metre tall, almost mythical creature, huge in every way and covered in bronze armour from head to toe with a massive javelin and a shield bearer who goes ahead of him. And Goliath taunts the Israelites, asking them to send someone over to fight him. But they run away in fear of this giant. And David sees Goliath and he's insulted that Goliath should bring disgrace on Israel. And he tells the king, he tells King Saul that he will fight the giant. And as the famous story goes, David defeats the giant with a single stone in a sling that hits him on the forehead. And this story is a favourite in our house. It's really captured the imagination of my children as they see this supposedly small and insignificant shepherd boy defeat a giant in the most unlikely of ways. And you know, there's a Wren Collective song that we like to watch the video of where the giant does a silly dance. And we sing about how God is the king of the giants. You know, the reality is though, there are giants in the land. Each one of us faces massive giants throughout our lives. Many of you will know that I'm training for ordained ministry and last year was the year when lots of my big pieces of writing were due to be handed in. And for some reason, which I still actually can't really articulate, there was one essay that I just could not get done. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that I spent many days staring at a blank document on my computer screen, feeling more and more faithless. I beat myself up. I gave myself a hard time. I battled with anxiety and inadequacy. And I told myself that I shouldn't be doing this. And you know, I know that isn't the biggest giant in the world. But in the middle of a pandemic with kids at home and all my support networks being online all of a sudden, it was really tough. You know, all of us face both personal giants and also global giants, huge issues of injustice and horror that we see in the world, which seem way too massive to even think about, let alone tackle. So as we look to David's life in this story, let's think about some of the elements of David's life that God really used for his glory, to see Goliath the giant defeated and to see the success of his people Israel through David. So first, God had used David in amazing ways out in the fields whilst protecting sheep. And David is really confident that he can defeat Goliath. He says to Saul, when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, I struck it and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. The experience David has in the field when no one was around, when he was doing the stinkiest and loneliest of jobs has prepared him for the moment in front of him now. And I wonder for you, where is the experience that God has given you, which is preparing you for the time he's calling you into next? 
You know, maybe you've had a really difficult job or even a season of unemployment or illness. Maybe you've been frustrated or had to overcome huge challenges just to get through the day to day. You know, David may not have loved being the youngest brother, being stuck out in the field whilst his brothers went to battle. Or maybe he just accepted that that was his position because that's what all younger brothers did. But either way, God had incredible plans to use the hard slog of the difficult job for his own glory. You know, when I first left university, I was working at a pupil referral unit with young people who'd been kicked out of school. And it was a tough job. I spent most of the day chasing kids back into their lessons and ringing the kids who hadn't bothered to even show up. And it was a bit of a thankless task, to be honest, and the pay was low. What I didn't see at the time was that God was changing my heart. He was giving me perspective that I didn't have before. He was helping me to understand the lives of some local families more and to have more compassion for parents of young people who are really struggling. And, you know, I often look back on that job now and talk about it as like a pivotal moment. But at the time it felt thankless. And to be honest, it felt pointless. But God was faithful in giving me the experience I needed to move forward in the things he's calling me to do. And I wonder, do you have a similar story? Let's thank God today for his amazing faithfulness in preparing our hearts for the work he has for us to do. Something else I'm really struck by with David is his totally unhindered enthusiasm. He's just so confident in his ability to do this. And he's just so enthusiastic about such a huge and terrifying task. It says in the scripture, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. I'll go and fight him. David is relentlessly enthusiastic and confident, not in his ability, but in God's faithfulness to him. And he says, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. You know, I wish I had more certainty and enthusiasm when it came to the tasks I see ahead of me. And I'll be honest with you right now, in the next couple of weeks, we're gonna move house. I've got to go on retreat for three days before then going to be ordained and beginning my role as curate here at SPS. And I am daunted by the tasks ahead of me. I'd be lying if I said I hadn't questioned it all. But I know that I can look back at my life so far and like David, I can say, the God who's been with me, the God who's rescued me will be with me again. He'll rescue me again. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, I'm praying for a bit more of David's faithfulness, his enthusiasm and his utter assuredness in God. Maybe you might wanna pray that with me too. So God had given David the experience he needed, the enthusiasm and the faith he needed. And something else that really strikes me about David is that he is distinctive. Something that really struck me about what Nikki said a couple of weeks ago was the challenge to be distinctive people. People who aren't afraid to stand out and be different for being people who are faithful to God. And David is definitely an amazing example of this. Not only does he agree to fight Goliath when all the other Israelites run from him in fear, but he does it without the armor he's offered, without the sword, just with his sling and stones from the stream. And I don't think it's bravado or even like blind naivety. I think David knew that God had given him the experience he needed to fight the giant he was facing exactly as he'd been used to doing. 
It looked different and it probably even looked foolish, but David trusted God's faithfulness, knowing that he'd been called just as he was. And let me remind you and let me remind me that whilst I'm at it, that God has called you just as you are. He isn't waiting for you to change that thing about you that you feel insecure about. He isn't waiting for you to fit in better or learn the right words or even be able to pray better or read the Bible more. He calls you now as you are in your style. And yet, of course, there are always things about ourselves we want to change and improve. But so often those aren't the things that God wants us to focus on changing and improving. You know, as Louise reminded us last week, God appointed David. He anointed David because he was a man after God's own heart. If we want to change anything about who we are, let's change to become people who are more and more after his heart, more and more in pursuit of his presence and of knowing him in relationship with him. You know, God affirms you. He affirms you in exactly who you are for exactly what he's called you to do for exactly this time. Let's receive that and hear that afresh right now. I need to. You know, the final thing to say is probably the most important thing to remember from this story about David. If you were a child in Sunday school, you might have been told after looking at this story that just like David, if only you would pick up your sling and have faith that God is with you and your giants will be defeated. You can defeat them yourself. That bully you're facing will be gone. That illness a family member is going through will be done. That struggle you just can't overcome would be finally done with. You know, the thing we need to be careful of here is that if we aspire towards being like great leaders, even in the Bible, people like David who have a lot going for them, like I've just shared with you, they're all still people who massively fail and mess things up. You know, I don't want to spoil the story for you, but David ends up doing some pretty immoral stuff. He really messes it up. Now, the point of this story isn't for us to aspire to be like David, as much as he has great qualities and faithfulness that's really inspiring to us. You know, I have friends who've been through unimaginable trauma these last few years. Lots of us have in different ways. The good news is that I don't need to tell my friends just to pick up their slingshots and to have more faith. I get to tell them, I get to tell you that Jesus is the one who has fought the giants already and gives us the hope of redemption from all of the things we face, both personal giants and those huge global ones. It was Jesus who on our behalf, when we couldn't even pick up a slingshot if we wanted to, has defeated the giants by crying, it is finished on the cross. You know, we know that just like Goliath, our giants, they're not dormant. They still come at us, they taunt us. They don't wait for us to approach them. And just like Goliath covered in his armor, they can seem totally impenetrable. But let's remember today that we are a people after God's own heart and that Jesus is the one who has redeemed the world, who has overcome the giants and continues to stand with us as we seek to be people after his own heart. So as we face the things the world throws at us today, let's remember that God will use the experiences we've been, we've been through for his glory. He'll give us faith and enthusiasm to do the things we're being called to do. And he will give us the boldness we need to be distinctive people, called by God to be just as we are. Jesus, by his death and his resurrection power, has defeated death 
so that we can live in the hope of a world where he will wipe every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things will have passed away. He's making everything new. And in the meantime, we don't need to wear that uncomfortable armour that the world would have us wear to protect us. You know, the self-help, the addiction, the money, whatever it is. No, we know and we trust Jesus when he says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you use our experience, that you give us enthusiasm and that you call us as we are to do the things you've called us to do. Jesus, would you continue to stand with us against the giants of the world that come to make us feel lost and far from you? Help us to be a people with a heart after you, Lord, that we might follow you and see your kingdom come where there will be no more tears. Use us, Lord, as you make everything new for your glory. Amen.